right, all right. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, folks at home. Welcome to episode one, the first real legitimate episode of the Great Heavy Music Podcast. As always, I am Alex Peterson, your host, along with me, the most magnificent, most wonderful, most glorious Phil Collins, who's ever existed, and yet I say the most esteemed. Phil, say hi to the folks at home. Oh, hey, how you guys doing? Uh, <laughs> I heard a few people say great. I also heard a few people say, you can't, can you hear me? Can, can you hear me in there? Because I don't know if you can, though. I am ready to do this, and I hope that everything I say lives up to the increasingly vaunting introductions that I get from you, and I'm sure they won't, but let's go for it. Well, with a name like Phil Collins, your parents knew what they were doing, so talk to I them. I mean, that's what they said. They said, don't fuck this up when I was born. <laughs> <laughs> Do we not. We named Phil Collins. Get serious. <laughs> <laughs> As they smacked you right out of the womb. That's what happened. That's a true story. All yeah. right. Well, Phil, listen, man, I'm so excited. I can't wait. You, you and I both know we got two albums on deck to review today. I picked yes. for you an album, and we're going to get into it later, why I picked it and all the particulars about it. So I'm just going to just going to introduce, I have sent for you the wonderful, I think, duty of reviewing the album Apex by Unleash the Archers. Who have you yep. picked for me to review? I had to go with Wolfmother, Victorious, because I thought you'd like it. And it needs to be reviewed. We're going to keep our respective opinions secret, right? So the way that this works is I send you right. an album to listen to. You send me one. And we don't converse about it or share notes or anything. It's a total surprise. And I want to hear what you think because I have real high expectations for you. But um, we're going to get to that in a minute. First, I want to know if you found this week something to go along with our segment, That's So Metal. That's Did you find so anything for That's metal. So Metal? I absolutely did. I stumbled upon a news story about a man who was hiking and unfortunately was accosted, attacked by a mountain lion. And not only did he successfully defend himself, but he put it in a chokehold and killed it. So it's this man, Travis Kaufman uh, in Colorado, literally like wrestled this mountain lion and then killed it while it was biting onto his wrist. So I just wanted to give a shout out to that man for the most metal week out of probably anybody. And uh, congratulations to him. And I'm glad he's still alive. And I'm, it's sad that a, a lion had the mat lion had to die, but um, you know, I'm, I'm just <laughs> I just think that's the most insane story ever. And uh, I can't imagine what he was feeling when it happened. Let me share with the folks at home exactly what I would have done in that situation. Ah! Ah! God! Everything sucks. God! I would have right. I just would have accepted that it's over and uh, <laughs> just let it get me with that sweet, sweet death. But, it, it was, <laughs> but man, I, I, I guess he just went into full-on survival mode and just decided to kick some ass. And, uh, you know, good for him. Well, you know what's funny about this, Phil? We don't share these that's-so-metal that's so stories. Metal. We surprise the other person when we start this, this podcast and people don't know that at home. But I actually read about this guy today. So ironically enough, you picked a story that I know a little bit about. And you know what I think is really funny about this? Whoever was the author of the article I read felt it necessary 
to describe the mountain lion as a juvenile, which <laughs> I think was a jealous attempt to undermine how badass it is that this guy killed a right. mountain lion with his bear. Well, they're fully grown or anything. I mean, <laughs> right. uh, this thing hadn't been to a bar yet, but he took I it mean, down. Right. Thing can't even vote yet. You proud of that? <laughs> Real tough guy. Be proud, mom. So anyway, I thought that that was a completely unnecessary element of the right. story to describe it as a juvenile mountain right. lion, but you're absolutely right. That is ridiculously metal, and I'm pretty proud of that guy. Yeah, good, good for him. I mean, it's you know, I'm probably pretty traumatizing. Uh, you never want to celebrate the death of an animal, but you know. Good for that guy, because <laughs> I would never have been able to do that. If it's going to take you down in the wilderness, I'd celebrate the death of it right then and there. You know what they were, they were saying in the article, though, Phil, was that because it was a younger cub or what have you, he was looking around thinking that the mom was going to kind of double team him. Yeah, I saw, I saw that, yep. Think about how horrifying that would be. Not only are you getting accosted. Game over. Right. Game over, indeed. <laughs> if you're, you're not only fighting off a mountain lion, to kill it to save your own life, but you're simultaneously looking over your shoulder expecting another larger mountain lion to right. get you. <laughs> right. The final boss is coming, and it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> <laughs> you are out of potions, and the final boss is... Right. You, the mini boss is pretty tough. You're, you know, you've already lost a couple lives. You're done. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I feel I think that for our first, our inaugural episode here, that's a pretty damn good... That's, That's so, so metal, metal segment. Thank you, sir. And uh, I'm proud of you for that selection. So now the next piece that we have to go on here is we have to play the rock, paper, scissors, shoot, anything you want to do game that I learned from my adorable seven-year-old son uh, that we play at scout meetings when it's painfully boring. So do you know the rules of this game? Because I kind of want to teach the listeners. I th I have a rough understanding, but I could use a refresher, so yeah, go for it. All right, let me set you up here, Phil. So what's going to happen is we are going to play rock, paper, scissors, shoot, anything you want to do. And right after I say do, or you say, we both say do, we're going to say anything. A anything at all. Could be anything in the world, no restrictions, no regulations, other than you can't say the same thing two weeks you have to make something new every week. Okay. Yeah. So that's fair. I don't want to tip my hand here, but laser is a strong play. Lava, a real strong play. So if you're intending on beating me this week because you really desperately want me to review your album first, because whenever you win, you're the person who your album that you picked gets reviewed first. So if you really want to do that, I would suggest you go with the lava or the laser. That's what my son beats me with uh, routinely, but he doesn't adhere to the once and only once rule. He just goes, he just spams lava the whole time. It, it's endless, endless supplies of lava. But all right, Phil, are you ready for our inaugural? Do you want to do a practice round or are you ready? I, th I think I'm ready. I mean, let's do it. All right, ready? All right. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Anything you want to do. Rocking chair on fire. <laughs> Lightning is what I was going to say. You waited way too long. <laughs> First of all, you're right. You should have gotten on that. Let's, let's right. do it again. One more time. Got to do something new. You can't repeat. Okay, ah, ready? I can't do lightning now. Okay, ready? All right. Rock, 
paper, scissors, shoot. Anything you want to do. Athlete's foot. Pickles. All right, you said pickles. I said athlete's foot. Let's let's analyze this. I think athlete's foot would defeat a pickle because the pickle would be smeared all over the athlete foot rash, and then the pickle would be inedible. Let's. Uh, that would totally undermine the pickle. But I'm sure there's an old wives' tale. Pickle juice kills athlete's foot, and if that's true, I think I won. And since we can't falsify it right off the top of our heads right now, I think I'm in the clear. Touche. Phil with the freaking victory on the first run. All right. Pickle Damn. defeats athlete's foot. And, you know, to get on your side here with that one, if you had athlete's foot and it was burning like hell, I think putting some pickle juice on it to cool it down really would be comforting. I mean, it wouldn't hurt unless it's like, now we're going to read an article where like, don't ever put pickle juice in your athlete's <laughs> or a class action lawsuit. <laughs> the vinegar Did burns <laughs> right through the open sores. Right. Did a doctor tell you to put pickles on your right. You may be entitled to compensation. All right. So after we take a quick commercial break, we are going to come back and I am going to be reviewing the album Victorious by Wolfmother, your first album selected for the great heavy music podcast when we come Boom. back from this break. So get ready. Sounds good. Do you love metal, but hate beer? But you want to fit in because, let's face it, everyone around you is drinking beer, and lots of it. But when you drink beer, it makes your face go, Oh, yucky! Just like everyone else who is being honest and not already drunk. We have the perfect answer for you. Buy metal beer. Metal Beer is a really hard-ass bottle that looks super tough and cool, but inside, it's just actually hard cider. Because hard cider's like beer, except it actually tastes good. So get ready, run on down, and buy some Metal Beer so all your friends think you're super cool, but in reality, all you want to do is go home and play chess and maybe, just maybe, Final Fantasy VII. This episode of Metal Beer brought to you by Metal Beer. Music by Phil Collins. Phil, we're back from the corporate sponsor, Metal Beer. Thank you for their support of this program. And now, because you won the Rock, Paper, Scissors Shoot Showdown, 
it's your album that's going to get reviewed by yours truly, Alex Peterson. I'm going to digest Wolf Mother, Victorious. Phil, tell the folks at home why you picked that album. Okay, well, I think Wolf Mother is a criminally underrated band. I think they've been killing it for like 10, 12 years now. Um, I think they have such a cool sound. It sounds uh, classic, but it doesn't sound contrived. It's all legit. Uh, I just, they're relentlessly catchy. And I would be shocked if you didn't find at least one song on that album that got stuck in your head. So I really was interested in hearing what you had to say about it. So if I shit all over it, you're cool with it? Yeah, absolutely. It's fucking terrible. Yeah, that's what I thought. Well, I, I will tell you and I'll tell the folks at home that as hastily thrown together as this show may be, the music review part we take really seriously. And I have listened to this album front to back since you made this your pick probably five, maybe six times. And I have listened to several other songs just kind of sporadically in addition to that. And I have listened to one song in particular realistically feel probably 40 times sweet and um do, you know maybe i should ask you do you want to take a guess on what it is yeah. i won't tell you the answer even if you're right but take a guess and then i'll tell you as we go along i guess that it's city lights okay well we'll see if you're right we'll see how well you know me let's get into it right now without any further ado and let's play some of the songs if not all the songs top to bottom from victorious by wolf mother the first track the love that you give. Alright, Phil, I think I'll take this first. The Love That You Give, first track from the album Victorious by Wolf Mother. Quick hitter. Right out of the gates, they get you, they, they, they hit you strong, and I gotta tell you, I love the energy right out of the gate. You know, they have a little bit of buildup, only about a 10 second buildup, and then it's straight out of the way, and the, the song itself is 2 minutes and 38 seconds, which I appreciate because it's just a I don't know if I want to use the term cock rock, but it's just uh, a quick, yeah, always right in your rock. face. What's that? You should, I said always use the term cock rock if you can in life. <laughs> Wherever, whenever, cock rock. Right. Um, so, I, I, okay, in terms of me giving it a grade, I'm not going to you know rate every track of every album we do with a letter grade or anything like that, but I like that song. I would not turn it off if it came across my radio and although I did tell you that I have listened to this CD or this album several times since you referred it to me I had never heard it before so every time I put this on this first intro song I, I like it I like what it does and I, I think it's pretty strong what do you think I like it a lot uh, it's got a nice little groove about it um, I, I I really think it's a nice intro a nice short and sweet kind of deal um, I yeah it's a really good track there's really, you can't really go wrong with anything on this album, but I, th I think it's a good starter. I really like the steadiness of it. It's catchy. Um, it's just nice. Just an, it just, it, I think it really gives you an idea of what their sound is like, too. So, All right. Well, let me give you a little bit of a sneak peek under the curtain. I'm not going to be all 
favorable. I got a little bit of negativity coming for you, and, and it starts with this next song. The second track on the album is the title track album, and the single and the video, and I'm going to play it for you right now. It's Victorious by Wolfmother. Here's a little snippet. Okay, Phil, that second track, we're, we're, we're listening to it now as it's going along. Here's my thoughts. And I, and I want to make sure that I'm being fair at the same time that I'm being critical. Okay. I listened to this song the first time, and you know when you're listening to an album and you just kind of, you can't focus on a song? For whatever reason, you're listening, it's on, but you, your mind just goes elsewhere. You ever have that experience? Yes. That is me to this song. For whatever reason, when I turn this album on, I just kind of get the sense that like, I go into no man's land and I really I can't focus on it. And then, you know, at the end, I think they kind of draw it out. And it, it, to me, it feels like it was always meant to be the single it just felt like it was always gonna be the big push the title track the one that had to do it all and they put a little bit too much into it because as brief and tight and in your face as the first track is this one especially at the very tail end it's got about a 20 second ending that needs to be cut off as far as i'm concerned uh, what do you think um i could see that it drags a bit i i like I like where he says victorious. I think it's good, but I can, it's emphasized a fair amount. Um, so yeah, I could see that. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I think I like it though. I mean, I, I don't really, I get the lose the focus thing. It happens to me sometimes, but it hadn't really happened to me on this song. Uh, I mean, I usually have a distaste for anything that sounds like it was like it was contrived. So like if you, if it sounds to you like, Oh, well, you know, they, they, you could tell they put so much emphasis into making this the title track and they worked backwards from this track for the album. You know, I could see that be annoying or kind of like, eh, but I, uh, I don't know. I kind of, I, I like it. It's, it's a little slower. It does drag, but I like, I just like the part where he says victorious. I think, uh, I think I'm just, uh, easily amused. <laughs> You're just a simpleton with no brain. I'm just, you know, I'm just here, you know, sitting, you know, sitting still listening. No, it's, I, I like it though. I, I could see, I could see what you mean though. Yeah, this one, for whatever reason, I just can't focus on it. And every time I would play it, I would just kind of skip over it. But right. contrast that with the next one, which is Baroness. I'm going to play that one for you now. Yes, track, sir. Track three. What would you say? That's a good one. All right, let me, let me put this on. Let's let the folks hear this one.
Yeah, buddy. All right, Phil. I, I have taken the first shot on all these. Give me your thoughts on it, and then I'm going to kind of blow your mind, I think, on this one. All right. I really like the uh, sort of the steady chugging kind of uh, pace that it has. And I really think when he builds up to saying, leave it all behind, so legit, man. I, th- I think it, it just builds you up and builds you up, and then it just is kind of a release. I think it's a really satisfying song, and uh, I love it. It really, and his voice is so legit, man. It's hard to do that note. Where, where did you rank this on the album? Uh, I could put it. I wouldn't. I would put it in my top five of the albums. I mean, or out of the album of the songs on it. I don't know if I would do a top three or two because I was kind of thinking about top threes for each album I was going to do. Um, I'm not sure if it's all that. But uh, I made it your problem. <laughs> but, <no. laughs> well, tell me, are you, are you ready to hear my opinion? Yes. This was the song that I listened to 50 times. Oh, oh nice. Does that surprise you a little? A little, yeah. I, I, I tell you what, I love everything about this song. I love everything about it. I love the imagery. I love the lyrics. I love the catchiness of the chorus. I love the kind of... I don't know if it's a key change that he goes from from the beginning to the chorus or if it's the dropout of the chugging into the chorus section. Whatever it is, this song got me like a fish hook in the cheek. I, I could not turn this song off. I had it playing loop over and over on my phone where you, you click the button twice, you know, and it repeats just that song over and over. I probably yeah. oh, spent yeah. two hours on a Saturday playing with my kids in the yard listening to just this song. I, I, I love this song. And just your suggestion of this album to me alone for this song made it for me. Because nice. uh, it was like absolute glue. And you know, when I, when I analyzed the lyrics, I don't know if they meant to do it this way. But the, it's almost like there's a shift from who's singing. He's kind of this third person singing about she's in the higher class and and he's in the peasantry and did you did you do you know what the word baroness means because i didn't know i looked it up after i love this song so much i just assumed that it meant like a a a female baron which is like a landowner right well it's the wife of the baron okay right right okay okay so in this in this song it, it becomes clear that the baron has died okay and this this uh you know plebeian is in love with the the now widowed baroness. Okay. And he's singing, and then at some parts in the chorus, I think it sound, it shifts into a first person where he's kind of singing about her, would you be my Valentine, right? So he's kind of almost doing this Shakespearean Romeo and Juliet singing through the window to her. Yep. And it, because you and I have the kind of morbid senses of humor that we have, they don't end it in any particular way. So I picture like a, a fantastic music video for this song being him pouring his heart out to the Baroness, meeting her somehow like in her courtyard by escaping a guard and jumping over a big barricade or a, a, a barrier wall and then getting to her and expressing his love for her. And then she just summarily says, you smell awful. Get the fuck out <laughs> right. of here. Or he gets arrested. <laughs> or like, right. And it's like, well, he's, he's, the the closeout shot of the music video is him in the cellar, like waiting to be stoned to death. Right. <laughs> Turns out he's shackled. a shackled. He's a lunatic, and like this is actually some weird <laughs> stalker, 
like message and we're like, yeah, it's pretty. Right. Right. I mean, I, right. I spent so much time with this song because I loved it so much that I, I developed this ridiculous narrative in my head. But I, I can't I can't express it much. I genuinely love this song. I think it hits on all cylinders. And unlike the victorious song before it, it ends perfectly. There's no drag out. And, you know, I think the way that bands, I don't know this for sure, but I think the way the bands order their albums, they tend to front load them because they got to get a captive audience and put the tough, the, the right stuff up front. And I half wonder if some of the band members didn't think that it should have been number two and Victorious should have come down. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. All right, Phil, I got to tell you, I, lo- I love that Baroness song. I probably can't hype it up enough. I, I guess I have, and I'm ready to move on to the next one. Track four is called Pretty Peggy. Okay, Phil, I got to tell you, I like that one. I, I like Pretty Peggy. I didn't, nice. I didn't love it as much as I love Baroness, of course. But one thing that I thought was really funny, uh, and I'll play it for you here in just a second, is at around the 130 mark, he says something about roses are, ve- are red and violets are blue. Let me see if I can find that spot for you. Okay. When I, I don't know why it struck me just in this time, but I have heard that, of course, as everyone has, that speaks the English language has probably heard that 50 times in their life at least. I never heard of and it. And I never thought to myself, as I did this time, violets are violet. Right. Huh. So, well, so yeah. wouldn't it be better to say roses are red, violets are violet, and you don't know what it's like to be an airline pilot? <laughs> it's exactly right. God, it's a good line. Kills that one. Pretty Whatever Peggy. Listen, you don't know what it's like to fly Delta. It's rough. <laughs> right. <laughs> you think you can just do that? Right. Yeah, that's that's true. That would have been way more poetic than what they wrote. Right? I know. I thought so, too. I, I was just like, man, that Shakespeare's a real fraud. <laughs> All right. What are you doing here? Why aren't you writing fucking lyrics for bands? Right. Seriously, get over yourself. All right, Shakespeare. All right, so what do you think about Pretty Peggy? I love it, man. It reminds me a little bit like a, maybe like a Mumford and Sons kind of ballad type of thing. A little bit like uh, Andrew McMahon uh, had a nice, nice strum. It's just it's it's sort of uh, folksy and uh, like quaint. I thought that's a nice song. It's just it's pretty. I liked it. I like it too. All right, here we're gonna go. We're gonna go with the City Lights, not the City Lights. Yes. City Lights, number five.
right, Phil. City Lights, track number five. I I got to be honest, I was a little critical of this one. I feel like it's a little repetitive, and it was not my favorite one. I, I do like the high guitar and the keys, the riffage. And, I, I mean, I got to give it props to these guys. Uh, you know, even though I'm being a little bit critical of some of these songs, like Victorious and this one, it's not that I don't like it at all and I wouldn't listen to it. It's just their lower parts or lower spots within the album for me personally. And that being said, have you seen any videos of these guys live? No. They, I've seen them live. They're a three-piece band, and the guy who plays the bass also plays the keyboard. Nice. So the guy goes between playing the keys to playing the bass. I mean, it's really incredible how they pull it off live. So I'm, I, you know, I, I'm giving you my honest feedback on how I received the album with the over-the-top explanation that I still have tremendous respect for these guys, but this particular song was not my favorite. Uh, I could see why you thought it was my. This was the one that you said you thought I would like most, right? I uh, definitely, definitely, yeah. And, and is this your jam? I think it, that's it's probably my favorite on the album. Uh, maybe not. it's close, but yeah, I love it. Love it. All right. Well, let's. Uh, that's all I'd say. You're wrong. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's cool that we're doing this podcast, except you're wrong with everything you've ever said. <laughs> nah, man. All right. So track number six is the simple life. And as I as I you know talk to you about this stuff, I will notice here that the love that you give is two minutes and thirty eight seconds like that song Baroness mm-hmm. 3 minutes and 15 and Victorious is 425 and City Lights is 351 so I don't know if it's just kind of the the recipe for this band is short quick to the point you know they're not a punk band like Bad Religion but man I love some two minute long Bad Religion songs so I, I don't know if it's just this kind of style to me lends itself to quick hitting but that's kind of what I'm seeing here as we're talking about it but let's get to track number six The Simple Life all right Phil, I'm going to let you take this one on. You uh, you go first, and then I'll tell you my thoughts. The Simple Life, track six. Okay, this is one of the ones where I think it's okay. It's a little monotonous for me. It's not bad. It kind of just drones. It's it's so catchy. Like I think everything in this band, everything in this album is pretty catchy. But it's just it's a, it's it just doesn't do a lot. And I it's just I, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I couldn't really get terribly excited listening to it. Although. It's like I said, it's still it's still a good song, but it doesn't really it doesn't catch me. Not like City Lights, it doesn't have the energy. It just I don't know. It almost seems like they wanted to put the energy in there, but then it wasn't just kind of it just kind of drags on. So it's okay. I don't know. What'd you yeah. think? Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree with you. I agree with you on that one. It was it's likable, but it's not lovable, and it's it's in my opinion forgettable in the sense that if they had kind of 
just cut it off the album, I don't think my opinion right. of the album would have changed anyway. Exactly. You weren't like, you're not thinking to yourself, man, this, you know, what would this album be like without this song? It wouldn't, it, it wouldn't exactly. change. Exactly. I, I think they could have stuffed this song away for a B sides or, right. uh, you know, for a live jam or something like that. I mean, but even so, that said, it's it's a good riff and it's a catchy hook, but it's just um, I don't know. I, it didn't it didn't grab me the way that Baroness did, for example. Right. All right. Let's check out track seven. Best of a bad situation. Do it. This one and the next one, they come back and they start to grab you again. Yeah. D- did you feel that way? Yeah, I, I like I like this one. It's um, best of it's pretty upbeat. To, do you have a little bit of a darkness vibe? Do you kind of feel sure. that? Uh, yeah. That high pitched chorus singing and, and of obvious Im- influences of Bob Dylan. Yeah, oh yeah, and there's a lot. Yeah, it's like I was gonna say. It's like a, folksy is the word I want to use, but it's just like relatability. I really like. Um, how it's, it's like they're so unashamed of the fact that they're making catchy music on purpose. Like obviously that's the what you're doing. Every, every band wants their music to stay in your head, but this is like the way they go about it is so relentless and so shameless, and I just like it. It's just so I just I don't know they know what they are and they make good music. Like I just like it a lot, and I think that song it's a little more low key, but I, I think it's a pretty good example of that. They do it in all kinds of different ways. And I, I you know you said you hadn't seen these guys live, but have you seen the lead singer's hair? Guy's got a killer afro. That's awesome. Huge picked out afro guy is a stud, and I think these guys are from Australia. Did I read that correctly? Um, I don't know. Let me. I could look it up. I don't even know. Look it up, Phil. Look it up. Look it up. Do that while I'm looking it up. I'm just <laughs> look it up, Phil. Look it up. We're almost there. We're at. Well, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they are 90, from Australia. Yeah, so you you got that. A way across the other side of the world kind of obvious Bob Dylan vibe you can tell these guys had some cool parents who were into some good music no doubt and and now it's rubbed off on them and they're living that kind of hard rocking 70s vibe but yeah I, I like that song a lot best of a bad situation I have no complaints with and the next one Gypsy Caravan number eight I really like this one this yep. is probably my second favorite behind Baroness I think that one's got a great chorus, a great build-up to the chorus. I love the drums, and if you've seen any videos of these guys live, their drummer is getting it, dude. I mean, this guy is really 
going after it, and he's playing with a lot of heart. You know, as a drummer myself, I think that this guy has got a lot of lot of energy and does a great job on the kit. So I love that song, Gypsy Caravan, number eight. What do you think? Totally, I love it. Um, you know, it's, I like the um, I like the initial riff. The only thing I would critique is that I think the the build up to him saying Gypsy Caravan's a little it drags a little. It's almost like a it's like a a pregnant pause and it's a little awkward. But other than that, I really like the song. I like the energy it has. It's a, uh, um, I just, I like the, uh, the tempo. I, it's got, it's sort of authoritative. I really like it. You could, you could jam to it if you really, really wanted to. You don't have to. I like, I like that. It's in between like that. I'm trying to think of a good example of what this band is like, but it's almost like, you know, the, the middle of an Oreo is so delicious that you eat through the outside cookie because the, the, the middle is so delicious. And it's almost like these guys, so their choruses are so good, the cream filling, that you kind of just, you deal with the cookie. Right, yeah, I get that. Does that make sense? Yeah, um, or like an ice cream sandwich, or um, <laughs> let's think of more food. But yeah, I get what you're saying, totally. It's um, just, the, the it's almost like they have the uncanny ability to write these hooky choruses and then they kind of are like, well, how can we put something around it? <laughs> because exactly. we just got to get to the chorus. Right. No, exactly. Like, yeah, we have, yeah, we have like the nucleus. Let's just, let's just build around it. It's like, it's, it's sensible. Some bands you can tell are doing that. And then it's like, they had they just like, they shot their wad on like the chorus and they're like, you guys got nothing outside of this pretty good chorus. But I don't think they're like that, which I like a lot. Um, it's like every part of them is catchy. Even so, you know, even just the riffs, just the they they have such a nice, captivating sound. I don't know what it is exactly or how they're able to do it so consistently, but yeah. All right, well, let's let's dive into track number nine, the penultimate, second to last track on the album, "Happy Face." Right. I have to admit, that's like Victorious. Happy Face is one that I just, I find myself droning out to it. And no matter how many times I put it on, I really can't focus on it. And I, I don't know if you've seen that South Park episode where Cartman's girlfriend is yelling at him. And every time she starts yelling at him, he just makes this face as though, it's kind of melting off and he can't focus on anything and he just goes, uh. <laughs> that, that's, I don't know why, but I, I think this one's probably my least favorite. This one or Victoria's are interestingly my, my two least favorite on the album. Where, where does this one fall for you? Uh, I'd, I'd say it, it, I feel like I've said it before, but um, with the, uh, with the other song we played, but it was, um, it's just kind of goes on. It doesn't really feel like it goes anywhere big. I don't, there's not a lot of payoff, I guess, in it. So it's okay, but it's got a cool riff. I like the tuning too on it, but it's, yeah, it just kind of, it just kind of drags a little. It doesn't do much. I'm not sure, you know. 
You do raise a good point on the tuning. I do like that they kind of tune down on that one. It sounds yeah. like a little more, you know, not I don't want to say Black Sabbath because it sounds cliche, but they do have, they definitely have a down-tuned right. vibe to them on that particular track, which I think was neat and a little bit change of tune, like change of pace, um, but it wasn't enough to really keep me engaged on that one. Right. Right. All right, let's get to the very last track. Eye of the Beholder. Wolf Mother, final track, Victorious. Here it is, Eye of the Beholder. Phil, what do you think of that one? Eye of the Beholder, last track. So, I think it's it still kind of drags a little. I think the album loses a little bit of speed towards the end, but it's a little it's better than Happy Face. I like the chorus a little more. I agree with you. It's much better than Happy Face. And you know, I'm not an expert in repositioning or rearranging tracks on an album, but I don't think I would have ended the album. I probably would have cut Happy Face. I probably would have cut. Uh, the Simple Life, and I, although I don't know, I, either The Simple Life or The Best of a Bad Situation would have got cut in addition to Happy Face, and I would have moved Eye of the Beholder up a little bit. I think I would have made Eye of the Beholder the second track instead of Victorious and ended on Victorious. I think I would like Victorious better as a closer because they kind of take it for a ride at the end and let it draw out a little bit where I think that that would have a great place as an ender on an album. Sure, I could see that. You know, so I liked Eye of the Beholder a lot overall for the entire album as it's presented to me. I'm glad you shared it with me. I respect that you shared it with me. It's definitely not the heaviest album I've ever heard. Uh, It's got heavy elements, kind of the throwback to the 70s and the good old days and the classic rock era. But I'll tell you, seeing those guys live in their videos, they play heavy. I mean, their, their drummer is getting after it, like I said before. And their lead singer is also playing guitar. And the bassist is playing the keys. I mean, those guys are freaking getting down. So uh, that I respect a hell of a lot. And I like the album at large, but I love Baroness. Nothing, if they had had two or three songs that hit me the way that Baroness hit me, I would be jocking this album a lot harder. But for whatever reason, that one stuck out to me as just an absolute flyaway A+. And the rest were likable, enjoyable, good, high quality, no, you know, no no trash, but nothing lived up to that level. Yeah, I can understand that. Um I think it's 
pretty catchy, pretty steady throughout, but I think it does lose a little steam at the end. But yeah, totally get it. So, and is this? Are you surprised to hear my take on it, or were you kind of uh, expecting something like that? I thought you'd like City Lights a little more, uh, but overall, no. I, I I expect you to like at least. I be crazy about one, like a lot, two or three. So I feel like that's in the range of what I was expecting. If they had done the roses are red, violets are actually violet, would that have increased the quality to you? Oh, yeah. Guaranteed. Album of the year if they went with the airplane. Gra- lyric. Right. Grammy award winning. I mean, it's a, it's a no brainer. I mean, I, you know, it's one of the great missed opportunities ever. I would say. Well, that's why that's why you're Phil Collins and you have Grammys. Exactly. I mean, you're right. This isn't just some guy saying it. This is a guy named Phil Collins. <laughs> a real, real guy. Right. Named Phil Collins. I'm, my name is literally Phil Collins. Yeah. All right. Well, All right. then why don't we do this? Let's get ready to hear another quick word from our sponsor who's supporting our program. And then we'll come back. And are you ready to give the listeners your thoughts on Unleash the Archer's Apex? Oh, yeah. Totally. All right. I'm ex- I'm really excited to hear what you think because I have really high expectations. I love these guys. I love this album. I can't wait to tell you why I picked this album. And I will do that right after we come back from this short break. All right. Do you love metal? Woo! But hate beer? Woo! But you want to fit in because, let's face it, everyone around you is drinking beer and lots of it. Hey! But when you drink beer, it makes your face go, oh, yucky. Hey! Just like everyone else who is being honest and not already drunk, we have the perfect answer for you. Hey! Buy metal beer. Metal beer is a really hard-ass bottle that looks super tough and cool, but inside, it's just actually hard cider. Because hard cider is like beer, except it actually tastes good. So get ready, run on down, and buy some metal beer so all your friends think you're super cool, but in reality, all you want to do is go home and play chess and maybe, just maybe, Final Fantasy VII. This episode of Metal Beer brought to you by Metal Beer. Woo! Music again by Phil Collins. All right, Phil, back from commercial. I got to tell you, I love that sponsor. Metal Beer has been with us from the beginning, and, you know, I, I sense some subtle differences there. Do you think that music was composed originally by Phil Collins? It sounded like it. Yeah, it, it, you could tell it was. It's, it's pretty authentic. Uh, kind of reminded me of Genesis a little. I'm not sure why, but uh, yeah, I, total. You were the drummer in Genesis, right? Yeah, literally, yeah, I was. Mm-hmm. Oh, I could sense the rhythm. That's what it was. I, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's clear as day. Yeah, I mean. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, I, I picked an album for you called Apex by Unleash the Archers. And let me set yeah. the table, okay? I'm going to set you a nice fucking... Christmas dinner on the table. Ready? Okay. I told you before we did this episode, I was leaving for the metal cruise, the 70,000 tons of metal cruise that I go on every year with my beautiful bride. And this year took three of my buddies with me. And as always, it was a great time. And before I left, I told you, I'm going to go. I got a couple bands in mind that have some new releases out or relatively new releases out. And I'm going to see who does the best job live. 
and then I'm going to pick one of their albums. And lo and behold, who was it? Unleash the Archers, set the stage on fire. They sounded excellent live. Their vocalist and front woman is amazing, dynamic, incredible singer, great presence, great energy. The whole band was tight and in sync. The sound and the production was top-notch. I mean, it was it was really a clear-cut winner for me. And I went to about 40, I think I probably went to 41 or 42 shows. I was going around, and I was up till 2 or 3 or 4 every night. So I saw a hell of a lot of metal, and these guys really, really impressed me. So I'm hoping, I got a lot of high expectations for you, Phil, hoping that they met you with the same level of impressiveness and uh, dynamism or dynamics that I have been met with when I saw them live and also on the album. So I want to yep. play the first track from Apex for you and see your thoughts on it. Did you give this enough of a chance to do a real good job with it today? Yeah, yeah, absolutely I did. I uh, I listened to it all the way through a couple times and uh, play. I, I replayed, there's a couple tracks I play over and over and over again. I listened to it earlier today like ad nauseum so and now is this a band that prior to my suggestion to you had you heard of them nah and had so obviously you had not heard this album so this is a totally fresh review from you based Mm -hmm. on my suggestion yeah that's what it's all about man i really hope you like these guys because i know i love them and i think there's a lot of folks out there who probably are unfamiliar with these this band and and these guys really can slay so here we go awakening First track from Apex by Unleash the Archers. First track, opening track. Give me your thoughts, man. Okay, man. I really liked the like brooding synth opening. Um, it's pretty foreboding and ominous, which I really liked. Uh, I like how it gets into a fast tempo. Uh, very. I mean, it's pretty obvious what this is. That it's a power metal band. You can tell from the like the tempo, but it's like timed really well. It's almost speed esque, and it's got a little bit of grinding, like that bass sound in the background. Um, assuming that's the bass. It, I really like it. It, it adds to like this uh, sort of grit. That I think the Hell album kind of has. Uh, really, really liked the um, interludes in the riffs, and I thought that um, the chorus was so legit, man. I really like this song a lot. It was a really strong opening, and that's. Uh, I'm gonna be saying that a lot. I'm gonna say a lot of the exact same kind of phrases because it's it's a distinct band. And, um, but yeah, I really, I really, really liked it. I thought it was heavy. Um, didn't really drag. It's long. I mean, the most a lot of the songs on this album are long. They don't, they don't really drag, so I. It's a good um, preview or a good um, 
window into what this out this album's going to be like. So I'm 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 so happy and relieved to hear you say that, Phil, because I think grit is the perfect word. This band's got a lot of grit. It's kind of in my mind, it's the perfect kind of heavy for a newer or or younger metal fan kind of getting into it because. Yeah. It's got the power. It's got the balls of a of a really of a heavy band, and but yet again the same. At the same time, it has a real connectivity and catchiness of the chorus, and the vocalist is incredibly dynamic. Yep, I think it has something for everybody. Uh, overall, really do. So yeah, um, yes, and I. I, her voice is so legit, man. It's just, she's very talented. The, the like every chorus is like soaring, and just just so captivating. So I, you know, really loved it. Well, we'll get into it a little bit more, but exactly. I, I'm excited yeah. to hear that you because I, one of the concerns that I had was I thought you were gonna you were gonna think potentially that the album was a little long because the tracks are long, and as as critical as I was of Wolf Mother <clears throat> for some of their songs getting on a little bit too long. I think it's incredibly impressive that Unleash the Archers have been able to take their songs to a level where they're captivating and engaging at the length that they are. Because when you look just at the run rate or the length of the songs and the number of tracks, it can be a little bit intimidating, but they keep you engaged. And when it's over, you want to hit replay, even though it's been a little while. So I'm really glad to hear you that you were captivated and engaged the same way that I have been with these guys for a while now. So let me play track two, Shadow Guide. What do you think of this? Track two, Shadow Guide, coming in at a, a mere three minutes and 56 seconds after the seven-minute opener. What do yeah. you think? Well, I like that it was short because I like that they show they can, you know, they can make shorter songs and and still ha- and still convey the sort of epicness that they're going for. I like the dual uh, guitar riffs, like both guitars doing the riff. It's reminiscent of a lot of uh, classical or more classic heavy metal bands, but specifically Iron Maiden. And I'll probably make a couple comparisons to Iron Maiden. Um, I really like the way they did that. Um, there's a solo at two minutes that's pretty legit and has a really nice chorus. Um, it's a little bit shorter to the, you know, a little bit short and sweet, a little bit more to the point, but I, I thought it was good. I, it's, it was just a nice, catchy song. I, I like how it got a little brutal, you know, with the, um, with the screaming. Uh, again, showing, you know, the variety uh, that they have. So I, I feel like it's just a nice, just a really nice song. If I give like a B plus, if I degrade it. I don't know how to describe the vocalist in any other way than dynamic. Right. Yeah. She is incredibly dynamic and able to hit a bunch of different varieties of notes and and keep you engaged because of the change and the fluctuation in her voice. And when she sings the chorus, "You're fucking Christ," I mean, I think that's just perfectly catchy 
yep. compared to how she starts so heavy and growling and kind of gritty, like you said before. So, yep. yeah, I'm really, really happy that you like that song, too. I don't think there's a bad track on this album. It's going to be me uh, saying to you, if you say there's one that you don't like, I'm going to be shocked because to me, every one of these is great. And we're going to play the next one, The Matriarch. This one gets stuck in my head. Every other time I listen to this album, I get The Matriarch stuck in my head. So let's hear track three, The Matriarch. think about the matriarch track three okay i'd like um i think the the kind of gather around the fire uh, vibe it reminds me a little bit of uh, something blind guardian would do not that not that any band any power metal band has a monopoly on like lore but kind of remind me of like uh, a couple of songs that they've done i like the chorus when they say she'll eat your heart it's a little, <laughs> it's a little silly but it's it, it's it's pretty badass though um, she says you, they growl out the part she'll eat your heart and then they growl you won't get far um, which I like because I, again it has some of the brutality um, that you'd like to see in a band that you know, that kind of blurs the lines between several genres and um, yeah I like it it's a pretty good song it's probably not up there for me with um, like uh, Apex or you know, some of the, oh, I guess I shouldn't reveal that yet but you know Awakening or I think it's 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 not the best song or even my top three, but it's it's a good song. So I liked it. What did you think? Well, it, for me, Phil, I know when I've on when I've stumbled onto a great album when every time I listen to it I get a different one stuck in my head. Yeah. No doubt. And, you know, and that's what happens to me with this album in particular. When I when I reviewed the Wolf Mother album, I would get the Baroness and I would just get stuck on it. And I and I couldn't move off it. For these guys, one time I'm getting this one stuck in my head and I'm singing The Matriarch all day. And then the next time I listen through, uh, yep. I'm getting a brand new track stuck in my head. Like I, I just can't get 10,000 against one out of my head. So to me, this is a song that has its time and whenever it hits you, it hits you. And I consider it great. So for me, and the other thing we haven't really talked about is the production value. To me... They have the perfect levels on their tracks. Every instrument is mixed really well. I don't know who did the mix or where they did it, but God, they did a nice job putting the levels together because nothing's blowing you out of the water, and it would be really easy to see a band like this with such a talented front woman blow her out of the water and really kind of pump her up and leave everybody else behind, but they don't do that sure. at all. And, and most of these songs start with instrumental 
introductions that yeah. are perfectly mixed, and then she comes right in over the top at a perfect level. So I, I think this is one of those examples where now we're three tracks in, we're 15 minutes in, and the mixing is great. Well, and what I think too, to add to that point is um, I like how you can hear the basses pretty well. It's pretty, and it's and it, with so much going on with and with the uh, the music being that epic and so um, you know so so interwoven, it, it's easy to, to first like the basses to get lost in, in a band like that, but they don't really let that happen. It's pretty distinct still, and I, I think it's impressive. I think it's cool. Yep, no doubt. I think they, they kudos to their mixing a guy or gal who who made the levels on this album. Nope. Okay, let's go to track four, Cleanse the Bloodlines. Phil, cleanse yep. the bloodlines. I think I think I've turned the first three over to you. Let me let me take the reins on this. Go one. for it. I don't know. It's about this time of the album where I start to say to myself, I think I love this band so much because I really can't tie them to any one particular band. I cannot say, here we go. They sound like so and so. They have a really independently identifiable vibe and song structure and everything about them is just kind of you know the term is kind of cliche now because everybody thinks it's so wonderful to be this but they seem authentic oh yeah that's what and that yeah that, that, that gritty sound I was talking about that definitely lends to the authenticity I think it sounds it sounds like something you'd hear at a local bar or something and uh, even though it's just, you know, it's pretty bombastic, but it, it sounds approachable. And uh, it, but it's, it sounds, yeah, th- there's nothing contrived about it. There's nothing forced about it. It, it, so- it. it sounds like a lot of really talented people with a, you know, really good sense of how to make good power metal. But yeah, there's, it's nothing, there's nothing about it that sounds manufactured at all. So I really, I agree. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, this, by this point in the album, I'm like, completely confident that anybody that would really give them a shot who has got a a at least a passing interest in heavier music would appreciate these guys yep because you have four songs you got a really interesting and unique opener that kind of starts slow and then soars and has incredible dynamics in both the drums and the instrumentation and also the singing then you have kind of a quick hitter right after it. Then you got the Matriarch, which has an incredibly catchy chorus. And then this one with Cleanse the Bloodlines, it's got a, like you said, bombastic feel to it. They have, I mean, if I were able to start with Silence and 
20 minutes later have four songs that sound like this, I would be pretty damn proud. <laughs> Absolutely. Be- because it's really ridiculous and remarkable what these guys have put together. And, and the neat part, too, that I didn't share with you, Phil, is on the metal cruise, on the 70,000 tons of metal cruise, these guys played two shows. And on the first show, they played the first half of this album and some of their older stuff. And at the second show, they played the back half of the album and some of their older stuff. Please. And it was incredible. They, I mean, they really did sound spot on when they played these tracks. That's pretty impressive. There's a lot going on in these albums, or in this album at least. Uh, so that's impressive that they were able to sound like that live. They pulled it off without a doubt. And that's why I said I built this up so well because... I went into that cruise saying, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to listen and I'm going to come back and we're going to do the recording based on the band that does the best job. And these guys, I don't want to say it wasn't even close, but they were clearly the most impressive to me on a lot of different fronts. So let's, uh, let's jump out into now. This is track five, The Coward's Way. I love that I love that drop down in, in tempo there, that real quick yep. kind of pause. What do you think of that one? So I like the hype it has a little bit of uh, hyper fast sort of and I don't know exactly what genre that that like lays claim to that. Where it goes like really, really fast almost sounds like a keyboard, but I don't think it is. And it it just sound it sounds it's epic, it, it's mind blowing. Um, I really like that there's a brutal spot in like around two fifty and there's some chanting in this song too, so it goes all over the place. Uh, I just like the tempo a lot. Um, just sounds really good, man. There's a nice solo in it. Um, it's, it's just, I feel like I'm just saying the same thing over and over again because it's just, there's nothing but praise. But yeah, I, I really, really like it a lot. Uh, it's probably, it, it's funny because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it beneath a lot of other songs on this album, but that's only because they're so fucking legit. Like, I, you'll, you'll, <laughs> I mean, you'll see what I mean, but it's a very good song. Um, I really, it does a lot of different things too. I, the, the chanting that comes in is pretty cool. So, Coward's Way is a good song. Cool, cool. Well, let's keep it moving then because we could definitely sit here and kind of uh, circle jerk about how great this is all night. But we, we got to we'll keep right. it moving for the folks at home. And Do and it. then I, I'm interested to hear from you. Did did you re rank or did you rank these songs or did you give it like a top three? I made a top three, yeah. All right, well then I don't want to hear it yet, but let's get through them and then we'll, we'll come back to it. Okay. All right, next next track is track 
six it is. Yeah, track six, The False Walls. Not The False Walls, excuse me. False, false Walls. walls. Yeah. Track six. Phil, False Walls, great intro. What do you think of False Walls? Um, it's right up there my favorite on the album. I, I think it has a nice groove about it. Um, there's a little bit of like point-counterpoint kind of deal in like the hook um, before it goes into the chorus, and it just, man, that, that little part's been in my head so much. Um, I just, when I first started listening, I was like, it's okay. The chorus, and then towards the end, I was like, never mind, this is amazing. I don't know why I said that. And uh, it, 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 <laughs> Why it, am I... Why am I predisposed to think that things are just average when, yeah. in reality, this is outstanding? Right, exactly. Right, exactly. I'm like, am I just being cynical or like just just sort of a sourpuss? But no, I mean, it grew on you while you were listening to it, and I think that's because there's a lot to hash out. Um, and that kind of happened to me with a lot of these songs. It's like there's a lot going on, so I'm not sure what to make of it. And so I'm like, eh. And then once you like latch onto a couple of spots and you're and you just they, they stand out to you. You just they stick in your head and you like them a lot. So then that's that's probably the first time that happens down with the song. This is kind of the one where I went back and listened to everything again. There's only one song I didn't have to listen to more than once, but once I did, I was like, "This is such a fucking good song, man! I love it." I mean, I, that's one of the songs I've been playing and like almost on an endless loop since I've been listening to this album. You know what's so cool about hearing you say that is when I first listened to this album, it was I want to say it was probably a year or so before I went on this cruise and. I listened to it. I was impressed by it. I was really immediately drawn to the first track, and I, you know, I don't, I don't know where I was in my headspace that I don't think I got through the whole thing. And I, and I was right. like, well, you know, that was kind of impressive. And then I just kind of set it to the shelf and got busy with life. And then, and then I, out of nowhere, with no other suggestion from anyone or or um, cue to remember it, I just thought about it again. I said, you know, I gotta check that out again. I don't know why it's kind of coming to my mind. And I listened to it again, and it was like, God damn, why did I wait to listen to this again? Exactly. It, you know, it was just, I was almost ashamed of myself for putting it off for a couple months. You're and like, then, I, just, I blew this off? Like, right. right, exactly. What was I doing? And then, and then, you know, then I saw him live, and it, and it became even that to the 10th degree. Because right. it just solidified that, damn, these guys really got their shit together. Like, Man, I was sleeping on this band. Right, exactly. What was I doing? All right, let's let's check out the next track, 10,000 Against One. This, I got to tell you, Phil, before we even listen to it, one of my favorites. Okay. I, I love this. I love this song. All right. Play it.
Now, if there's anybody who could inspire you to think that you could take down ta- take down ten thousand with only one, it's the it's that band, right? <laughs> sure. Well, uh, there's a couple other ones, but that's uh, that's one of them, sure. <laughs> because uh, I'm telling you, man, it's like I don't know. It's just inspiring. I want her to to go into the middle of. Uh, the Ravens huddle before they take the field right. and inspire these guys. Go win a Super Bowl. Yep. I really like the riff, the do 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 you know, that right after they say 10,000 gets one. Um, it's a little more, like, I almost want to call it metalcore-esque or something. It's, like, accessible. It's, it's like, mosh kind of music. Um, and I, But I think it's really good because it's, um, it's not as power metal-esque. It's not, I wouldn't, if I just heard that song, I would not call this a power metal band. You know what I mean? But, yep. um, I I like it. It's it's heavy. Um, it's um, it's a change of pace in the album. So I think it, again them showing, you know, the the variety of uh, styles they can do really well. So I yeah, it's a it's a it's a good song. I get why you like it a lot. I like it. I thought it was um it probably wasn't my favorite on the last part of the album, but I still like it. There's not a single song on here at, not even that I would ever like. <laughs> turn down or turn, you know, put off. But there's nothing that you di- there's nothing that you dislike. Oh no, no, nope, not even close to disliking any of it. That's so, that, man. I'm so happy to hear that because when I when I came back and I these guys blew my socks off, I said, I really hope Phil loves this album because it's just something about it is very unique and I, I was you know you never can predict for sure how somebody's going to react to something. Right. But I, if I had to put money on it, I would have thought, I think Phil, if he gives us an honest shot, it is really going to be thinking these guys, they got their shit together. So, all right, let's yep. check out the next track is Earth and Ashes. Yep. songs away from the end this is the third to last song earth and ashes what are your thoughts this song is like um when a hero like has been defeated and he's like he's like in the woods or whatever he's training and he's like so he's determined he's making his comeback like this is that kind of song he's just focused um (laughs) it's just it's got like a it's got like this solemn kind of like triumph about it uh really like it thought it was cool I love the strumming. Um, every it's like every metal ba- album has to have a proper uh, like acoustic spot. They could, they could do it. As long as it's not like it's supposed to be like grindcore. You know what I mean? But if you, right. if you <laughs> but especially if you do more of the fantasy elements, you gotta have an acoustic strumming song. It just it's like a rule. So um, the, it's a nice one. It's a the riff is really good. Where it goes do do do. Love that part. Um, really grabs you, man. It took me. It's like again, like I was listening. I was like, it's pretty good. And then. 
I don't know what happened. Uh, it was just like, no, never mind. This is great. And there's a great, um, there's a great solo around like 4:30, 4:35. Um, there's a lot of hooks going on. I can't really tell um, if sometimes I wasn't even sure what was going to be a chorus and what was supposed to be a hook, but it's just catchy and it's 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 a really well done song. Um, really good acoustic um, dram, if you will. And we probably haven't given enough love to the guitarist because they got a really talented guitarist. Oh yeah. And there's a, I think there's a male singer on that song too. If I'm not, if yeah, I recall yep. correctly. So, and some, I think there's some male vocalists and, right. and perhaps even doing some growls and some of the other tracks. But the the guitar work throughout the whole album is really strong. I think so. so. They got they got something going here. These guys do, and you know it's one of those things. The um, I forget where I heard this exactly, Phil. But have you heard the saying that my last overnight success? took 10 years um no but that to me is these guys i think they've been around i want to say since 2007 or 2008 i mean it's been a while they've been really together for a long time and they have definitely hit their stride yeah well good for them man good for them it's all it's almost uh you know i don't know why we do this as humans that we default to this kind of idea of lack or that there's only so much in the world or resources are finite but in your head you almost think to yourself man maybe they should have saved some of this for another album right there's only so much talent that you're allotted you can't just you can't just keep reproducing stuff or you know creating things exactly right that's how it works right yeah you know hope i would never put that on them and, and and i'm sure they can they're very capable of doing another album as good or if not better but damn this has got to be uh what most people would consider their opus for sure thus far. Sure. Okay, let me uh, play for you the second to last, the penultimate, Call Me Immortal. Please do. Okay, Phil, call me immortal. What do you think? Okay, so this album, I th- or this a- song is probably, this is one that like really grew with me a lot. I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did towards the end of it. And now that I've like been turned to it, or you know, I don't want to say turned on by it, but you know, weird. <laughs> I can oh. see, I, I see you pitching a tent over there, buddy. Right, why are you listening to what your pants are? Um, <laughs> it's, um... I think this is one of the best songs, period, that I've heard in the past year. Wow, man. I love I that. That's a serious fucking, John McClain. I love this fucking song, man. I can't even tell you how much I love when, when she says Mountain Keep and then, you know, Slumber for Eternity. The way she says for eternity, it's so it's it's so catchy and it's got this rawness about it. It sounds so authentic. It's just so refreshing. I'm so fucking glad I know about the song. I feel it's so fucking good. I love it so much. I've listened to it con this False Walls, and there's one other one um, that I listen to fucking constantly, uh, and I love them. 
Well, uh, you're making my heart warm, and I had nothing to do with the production of this album whatsoever, but I'm just so happy that you're sharing this level of affection for this album because it's... So fucking good. You you understand now what I'm saying by almost, like, you know, keep it in the tank for the next album because here we go with the the second-to-last song, which is almost always a throwaway track. Right. Uh, You know, but no way, not with these guys. No, it could have been filler, but they were like, nah, we're going to try. Which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been some fluff garbage, but instead it's going to actually crush your soul, and the song's right. going to be called Call Me Immortal. Right. That just, God, the, the riff, man, so good. Got a groove about it. Love it. Fucking love that song. It's it's definitely a an example of an album that completely goes against the idea that you can't make a long album that keeps you engaged. Oh yeah, you because can. they've done it. They have absolutely Fuck. done it. And by the time I'm halfway through the album, I'm dying for the other half. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. All right. Well, now I I think you kind of let the cat out of the bag a little bit on this one, but I'm not surprised yeah, at all. I, I'm betting you really love Apex, the very last one, the title track. Let's yep. take a quick listen to it, and then I want to hear your thoughts. Okay, Phil, we've reached the title track, yep. the last track on the album. Was it your favorite? Yeah, I think uh, Call Me Amore is probably my favorite, but man, this is like a close second. So, okay, so much I wanted to say. I think this is a, this is like clearly the, it's one of the most power metal songs on this album. But uh, the riff at 225-ish really reminds you of Iron Maiden, and I think in a good way. It reminds me of the song The Trooper. You would you would know if you heard it or if you yep. heard it right now. Um, but I mean that in a really complimentary way because I think that you can see the influences. I don't think it's nothing like it. It's not too heavy of an influence. It's it's an organic one. It, it mixes in a lot of classic heavy metal like chords. Um, really like it. there's a great solo around five fifteen. Um, there's, there's like another one too that's really good. Um, I think with this and call me immortal. This is one of the stronger, and Earth and Ashes too, damn it. Um, one of the stronger endings to an album you could probably ever imagine. So I think uh, it's just it's just a great way to end it, man. And any 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 like band that can nail their title track like this, you got to give them some props. Because and, of, and, yeah. and the way that they end the album with a title track. You know, like I was saying before about how Wolfmother could have rearranged right. and, and, and kind of finished off with that victorious song th- these guys did that and i i wasn't even thinking that way when i made the comment earlier and now i see it this way the way that they played it out unleash the archers did 
Right. It, it's almost like, you know, we've talked about it before, you and I, but that Throwing Copper album from Live, which is, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, not, not heavy really in any way. It's an alternative album, but it's perfection top to bottom and the layout and the dynamism and all of it. That's this to me, man. This CD is just one of those that I'm going to add to my collection and tell my kids about when they oh, yeah. get older and say, "This, is, let me teach you a little something. Right, absolutely. It, and, uh, you know, that, that's kind of the reason why I'm so excited about this podcast in general is because we get to share this real beautiful piece of artwork with hopefully at least one other person who would not have otherwise listened to it like totally. you hadn't a few weeks ago. Yeah, that's right. No, we, I, it, if we can spread, you know, good metal to more people... Uh, and just good music. I mean, because we could do some rock bands. Um, I really think that would be a success. It's kind of what I'm looking for. Um, totally. It would be a an absolute travesty if these guys were playing in your town and you didn't go see them. Oh, yeah. You would be... Oh, man. That would blow. You would be kicking yourself. No doubt about it. And I got to tell you, I didn't... I, I'm not surprised by it now, but at the time... I was remarking to myself, man, there are a lot, an awful lot of Unleash the Archers t-shirts on this cruise. Right. And now I completely see why, because not only did I love this album before I got on the boat, but they blew me away live. And you and I both know that we have a really unique opportunity. We're going to be interviewing the front woman for the band. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't be more excited because I got about a million questions for exactly. her. Exactly. I don't even know where to start, but it's going to be awesome. I know. I'm, I'm, I can't wait. It's going to be a little bit of a bonus episode for our listeners to hear our interview. And I beg them to buy this album, get it on vinyl, get it on Bandcamp, get it on any way you can, and support these guys, buy their merch, drop them a line. They're great people, great band, down to earth, and it's just incredible to me that they start with absolute silence and then 70 or 80 minutes later you got this yeah it's a it's it's one of the stronger albums i've heard like in a long time so i mean it's just it's so fun good i i'm so glad you recommended it uh man i <laughs> i mean i guess ignorance would have been blessed i wouldn't have known that i was missing out but fuck man i'm glad you told me about it because they're so so good. I'm gonna I, I not, I'm gonna listen to that song, "Call Me Immortal" so much. And False Walls, you know, that's the thing too. Is like you think, oh yeah, like I have a top three, and I was gonna say Apex, uh, "Call Me Immortal," and Awakening. But False Walls is really good, and so is you know Earth and Ashes. And I mean, you can't you just can't miss. You can't fucking miss. Right. So. And then and then the next time the Matriarch gets you. So you know right. you just you never. That's what I said earlier about this is the mark of a, the the true hallmark of a great album is walking away each time with a different hook or chorus or riff or part of a song stuck in your head because then you know they all have gems and you're just still left to dig for more and more and more. And and this kind of plays to my personality too, which I love about this, is once I find something that I love, I like wear a hole in it. I mean, if it's a movie that I love, I don't watch a ton of movies, but I watch a couple movies that I love over and over. And same with books and same with albums. And this is one of those that there really is not a bad time. If somebody said, hey, I'm going to throw this album on, I'm going to put on Apex, what do you think? I would absolutely say yes. Yep. 
So good stuff, man. Awesome. Um, so for the next episode, we will be doing Moore's Principium EST. Am I saying that right? Yep, Moore's Principium Est. Est That's the album that I have picked for you. Those guys were also on the 70,000 Tons of Metal Cruise this year, Sweet. and I've seen them once before as well. Okay, and then you'll be doing A Day to Remember Homesick. That's right, and I have given... I have given that album quite a bit of time, so I'm looking forward to, to uh, telling you my thoughts on it, and hopefully we will keep the momentum going and keep our listeners captivated and continuing to subscribe and yep. listen and um, make sure they're getting these downloaded to their phones or to however they're listening to their podcasts each and every episode to help us continue to grow and reach out to new musicians and and spread the word about great heavy music. Absolutely. All right, with that, Phil, we're going to sign off. As always, you are the man. I'm so grateful to you for taking the time to really dive deep into the Apex album, and I'm so happy that you loved it as much as I did, and I'm grateful to you for sharing Wolf Mother with me because that Baroness song is going to be one of those songs that I'm listening to nonstop all summer. No problem, man. Sounds good. All right, Phil. Until next time, this was the Great Heavy Music Podcast. Subscribe, download, leave us comments. We look forward to speaking with you and hearing your thoughts on the show. See ya.